Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Psychology Podcast, where we give you insights into the mind, brain, behavior, and creativity. I'm Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind and give you a greater understanding of yourself, others, and the world we live in. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into human possibility. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the podcast. Today, it's great to have Coach Pete Carroll on the podcast. One of the three coaches to win a Super Bowl and College Football National Championship, Pete Carroll is in his 11th season as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. With his unique always-compete philosophy and relationship-based approach, Carroll has a combined 46 years of highly decorated NFL and collegiate coaching experience. Carroll is also widely known for his all-field impact through community initiatives that aim to reduce youth and gang violence, his leadership with the WE organization that focuses on youth empowerment, Compete to Create, the high-performance mindset platform he co-founded, the Performance Science Institute at USC that he co-created to educate and inspire college students, and his New York Times bestselling Win Forever book. Coach Carl, so great to chat with you today. What's up? How are you doing, Scott? Talk to you, too. I'm good. It's great to talk to you. I, uh, I'm so impressed with all, of, all the things you're, uh, you're involved in. You're, you're a busy guy. Well, we're trying to stay busy this time of year. You know, there's a uh, there's a lot going on here. We're just starting an off season in the NFL virtually for the first time ever, and uh, you know, there's a, there's just a lot to it. And so, um, we're having a good time doing it. We're, our guys are making it through. We're taking it as a big challenge to see if we can do it really well. And uh, that's that's what we're going to get done. So we we just finished our first week uh, a couple minutes ago. Oh, congrats! So what are what are some of the main goals you have for this off season? Well. <laughs> What usually is our the main goal is to find our work ethic, you know, and get back mm. to it and rediscover that and start all over again. Never assume that we have that, and so that all comes through the process of uh, the off season off season training program, the strength and conditioning program, and on the field work that we have. 
that not being available to us right now, we're, we're diving totally into the mental side of things and really digging in and trying to do a great job in all aspects of, uh, you know, the, what we can do to, to get smarter as a team and as a coaching staff. And so, uh, that's all happening virtually. We're a zoom, we're in a zoom reality right now. And that's yeah. kind of how we're doing. How are players coping? I mean, they're itching to play, right? Well, yeah, they, they really are. We're itching to coach. Everybody's itching to get back out and do the yeah. things we do. We're all made to kind of be on the field working. And, and so the guys are still working out and they're doing their, their, their preparation, but it's, it's always difficult when you don't know what your deadlines are, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't know when, when the game's going to be. So um, we just have to just keep going. It's really about attitude right now. And, and we've got to do a great job, uh, you know, of maintaining it. Yeah, that's what I really want to talk to you about today is your inner inner mind, inner game approach to football. And I was reading your book, Win Forever, and you said in the book, I realized that at the core of my being, I was a competitor. And I was wondering, how do you define the word competition? And where does that word even come from? Yeah, okay. Well, the, 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 really, the, the definition that I've chosen to, to live with is about striving. To compete is to strive. And, and uh, you know, it, it gets misused, misrepresented, and that people think that you got to try to beat somebody and rub their nose in the dirt kind of thing, you know, and so it has a connotation that, you know, for us, I, I don't really care about that, but that's, that is what happens, you know, so, but our definition is really about striving, and so you're striving to be your best, you're striving to become a, a, a better teacher, a better learner, a better coach, a better, you know, podcast guru, you know, whatever it is, and, and uh, so that's just the way it, it, it made sense to me, you know, when, when I was Back in the day when I was trying to figure all this out and trying to put my, my world together, um, I, th- I thought, well, I bet, you know, try to find myself and let's see if I can figure that out. You know, and so I wrote a bunch of stuff down and then nothing made sense until I said I'm a competitor. And then everything fell aside. And, and that's now become the, comp- the central theme in our, in our program is competition. Mm. You know, and, and everything is built around that. And the thought was, if, if I'm truly a competitor, then I wanted to design a philosophy that would come directly from what was most truly authentic to myself so that I could do the best job of representing when, you know, when I had the opportunity. So we compete everything, you know, we're, we're, we're working it through everything that we do and it's given our, our whole program, a lifeline kind of to, uh, something we can relate to and understand. And, and, uh, it's been really fun. It's worked out because competing is fun. You know, when you, when you're striving to get, you know, whatever, whether you're trying to shoot more hoops than the next guy or, or you know, catch more passes or whatever, um, there's a whole design that follows it. And um, you know, we've really made it, you know, a championship type of mentality. I love that. You know, a lot of people think of competition as purely just sort of domination of someone else. You talk about things like realizing the best version of yourselves and um, helping people become the most competent a human being, they become in finding purpose. And that might not be something that people necessarily automatically associate with the word competition, right? Right, right. So we're, that's, we're striving to uh, attain that kind of you know, status or whatever. And, and, and so um, that's why we're competing. So always compete is really the, my philosophy, you know, and I'm a competitor yeah. and central team is competition. So I'm all over it, you know, and, but it, it has given us, uh, it, it's helped us with, process you know it's helped us with the mentality it's helped us with you know, uh, uh, you know attaining a lot of a lot that we have attained over the time and, and you know you'd be surprised scott that you might think that as far along as we are in, in this level of sports that all we talk about is the is the championship you know the world championship or something well that isn't what we that isn't the what we're beating the drum for we're beating the drum to play as well as we can play and if everybody 
can find their best in the, in the game that we're playing, then we're really hard to beat. We've learned that over the years. And you can win forever, like, you know, and that's kind of where it came from, you know. If, if, you're, if you're constantly striving to be your best, then you, that's all you can possibly hope for, you know. And so, because you can, what is it, what are you trying to get, you know? It's not about getting, it's about the process, so. Well, what does it mean to be your best on the field? It's more than just winning a game or, um, or being your best in terms of talent, right? Yeah, it, it's 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 trying to maximize what you have available, you know, and try to you know generate the the, the top of your the potential that you bring, and, and so that's it's hugely mental, and and it, of course it all connects. So all the mental and physical stuff has it connects, but um, it's it's to try to find it, and then it's to try to maintain it for as long as you can. Now, I never thought about you know you get a just win, win the Super Bowl and then you, you know, your life's over, you know, to me is how many yeah. can you win? How many times can you keep going back? And how many times can you stay on, how long can you stay on top and how long can you maintain successful, you know, uh, success consistently? That That's really, to me, that's what's important. And that's what I, you know, that's why, you know, say, Hey, people say, Hey, how are you doing? How, how, how's your program? How are you? I, I don't know. I'll tell you someday when we look back at it, you know, when we'll, we'll assess it from, from out in the distance somewhere, not, not right now, not when we're in the middle of it. Fair enough. I won't ask you that question. <laughs> uh, no. So you, you wrote your book, uh, Coaches Are Teachers, and this is an area of, of mutual interest of ours as well as just education more generally. And I was wondering how you, some of these principles you apply as a coach, do you think could be applied by teachers in um, elementary school, for instance? Yeah, for a, a long time, I've thought that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's a, it's a little bit of a way of life for us, you know, in, in the way we think about everything. And, and um, whether you're teaching or whether you're, you know, a manager or, or you know, in business or you're a group leader or you're a parent, you know, I think you, it, the the principles apply. And, and the principles, you know, that we, we really talk a lot about it, it, it compete to create, you know, it's really a big deal for us to relate on all levels to all people if we can. That's what we're striving for. And that means that uh, it, we're, we're trying to make sense that if you'll care for the people around you, and, and really care to the to the point where you want them to be the best they could possibly be. Well, that's kind of like being a parent, you know, in a sense, and your kids. It's not any different. And so it's it's perspective that it's made sense to me that if you really love somebody, you'll do anything to help them. And so if you really care, you'll do anything to help them get, you know, get where they can go. And that's that's the mentality. And not many people see that as an NFL mentality. You know, they, they don't understand what that's all about. So we're trying to help people along the way you know, figure themselves out, see what, where they could go, understand themselves, and then, and then hopefully keep striving to find the best that they have to offer. And uh, so that's always been the way. And uh, it's, it's been fun. It's a fun pursuit because you're always working for the best for other people. Yeah, I bet it's, I bet it's real fun. Hey, everyone. If you find the themes we cover on the Psychology Podcast interesting and enlightening, you might be interested in my new book, Transcend. The New Science of Self-Actualization. The book is the culmination of my journey to scientifically discover the factors that can lead us to optimal health, growth, creativity, peak experiences, and deep fulfillment. I believe we can still manage to have peak experiences, the most wondrous moments that make life worth living, regardless of our current life circumstances. We can choose growth. For more, you can visit transcend-book.com. That's transcend hyphenbook.com with a hyphen between the word transcend and the word book.
If you get a chance to read the book, it'd be great if you could leave a review on Amazon, tweet about it, or share the book with friends. I truly hope this book can help people get through these tough times and realize that we all have greater resiliency, creativity, and potential within us than we ever realized. Okay, now back to the show. Uh, so when you're cr- recruiting new players for your team, what are some of the most important characteristics you're looking out for? Well, the, you know, for our team, they, they've got to be physically in the profile or close to it. So I couldn't, every, I couldn't join the NFL then, even, no matter how smart? or uh... I would think, Scott, you wouldn't hit the water if you fell out of a boat. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? No, you got to be you got to be physical and want to hit somebody. And I don't think you'd want to do that. Um, not, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't want to do that. That's, so I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right. But what we're looking for, really, when you get down to it, once we clear the the kind of the, the physical requirements that it takes, is uh, we're looking for the attitude that they bring and the mentality mm-hmm. that they bring. And we're looking for. Uh, if we had it ideally set up, it would start with passion. You know, they'd be passionate about what they're doing. And we would want to see people that know how to, to keep coming back at you and keep and not give up and, and persevere, you know. Yeah. And then and we would hopefully build uh, a, a relationship with the game that they play where they would develop an attitude where nothing was going to keep them from getting what they wanted to get or go where they wanted to go. And they could bounce yeah. back from whatever, and that's resilience. And it's, I'm just talking right down the – Right down the line about grit, you know, and, and uh, yeah. those are the elements that really are at the, at the forefront for you know being gritty, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, because I'm just so interested in this, and this is a common thread in my own career, trying to understand the role of talent versus the role of other factors. And I was reading into your uh, your own personal history, and when you got to high school, your freshman year, you were maybe not the strongest, shall we say. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> I was a real dink, yeah. I, was, yeah. I looked like the team mascot, you know. Puberty had passed me by or missed yeah. me or something or flew over the house or something <laughs> like that. 110 pounds when I was a freshman in high school. and uh, I mean, my, in, the, in the team picture, I looked like a little kid sitting next to everybody else, you know. So. But, but you became a multi-sport uh, star, in high school, this is the point I want to make here: is that you know you still what did what what did you bring to the table there then? Well, during that time, you know, up until that time, everything had been cruising along pretty well. I was doing all right and playing a lot of sports. I was playing baseball, basketball, and football. And and then when that happened, I kind of I was almost out of the I was out of the profile in a sense. And and uh, so what happens? I got pissed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I was mad, man. I was mad that I couldn't because I had this vision of who I was. And in, in, within, and I couldn't project it where anybody else even knew. So I just had to sit there and wait it out, you know. And a couple of years later, I started growing a little bit and caught up a little bit and, and got back in the in in the fray, kind of. And and by the time I was a freshman in college, I went to junior college, still developing. And and that's you know I got the, my full height and weight then, you know. And and uh, it took a long time. So that for me and a kid that had really high expectations, it was a really it was a struggle, and yeah. and it was so frustrating because I. It was like it was like a bad dream, you know. I just couldn't, I couldn't get out of my own way. I couldn't get going and get started. See, I really resonate with that story. Just, just being, people thought I was slow when I was young because I had an auditory thing, and All I right. was mad the same way you were mad. It's like, well, I think I'm capable of more, right? Yeah. And that sort of inner fire you have, it. I love that. I really love hearing stories like that. I want to read a quote from Bill Walton. 
He said, what I love about Michael Jordan is that he was not the best at anything. He was not the biggest. He was not the strongest. He was not the highest jumper, but he was incredibly, incredibly smart and incredibly disciplined and driven. Do you have players like that on your team? Sure we do. We've, for years, you know, we've, we've had a team that was made up of half of our guys were draftees and half of them were free agents, you know, that we acquired guys that weren't drafted. And the year we won the Super Bowl, I think we had 26 of the 53 guys were, were undrafted players, you know. And, and yeah. so uh, that, that's a common theme, you know, in, in sports and performance. Not just sports, it's any performance-oriented environment and in work environments too it's the same that the people who have the the, the the deepest desire and the most passion for for proving who they are uh and 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 they also really it's the elements of grit it goes back to those that will kind of hang through the hard times and the tough times or, or they don't back down and quit they or or st- sidestep they go right through it and stay after it you know it's that mentality and the easy way to explain it is the chip on the shoulder mentality. But what it really is, Scott, it's, it's they people have some they have really something to prove in in whatever they're 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 finding their purpose in, and that 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 the power to prove that is what drives them beyond what normal other, you know people would, would aspire in, like. And so that's really what's crucial. And when you go back to what are you looking for, I'd rather play with those guys. I'd rather play with the guys. I, like if I was going when it gets right down to it, and you're picking players. I'm going to pick the guy that I want to play with. The guy that I would want, if I'm playing a game in the park, that guy on my, on my team. And that's not always the best athlete or the guy that's got all the, the accolades and all. It's the person that wants to fight the hardest, you know. And so uh, we built our team around that mentality for years. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about Compete to Create. What's its mission? Well, the, the mission is to, to help people find their best and, and uh, simply. And that means that we're, we're going wherever we got to go and working wherever we can work. To, to help people people you know see what they're capable of doing and then uh, in essence coach them along the way and show them why they're worthy of, of dreaming the way they dream and seeing what they see for their future and, and trying to help them manifest that and bring it to life um, so uh, we do it with a real real clear sense of how valuable it is to demonstrate that you care you know and and when you care for people then you will listen to them and you'll look after them and you'll learn what's important to them and you'll, you'll pour yourself into what the, so that you can serve them the best and, uh, and compete to create. That's really important to us that we translate that. We think that if you take just like all the teams I've ever been around, if, if you treat people in that, with that thought that you're going to help them find their best and, and you really truly care and you're going to, you, you relentlessly are in pursuit of that, they're going to know that and they're going to feel it. And they're going to also, they're going to recognize that value that maybe they, others hadn't recognized in them and they'll perform at a higher level. They'll find a, a deeper sense of loyalty and connectedness uh, and, and they'll, they'll give you everything they got. And we've just found over the years, if we can connect with players like that, we we're more consistent than other people. So it sounds like in addition to grit, you also have love. That's a big characteristic that you promote. Culture. Yeah, that's, I didn't always know that, you know, Scott, when I was coming along, but that, but I, I realized that, that that really what was driving it, you know, it was the care for the people. And in, in, in essence, it's the love. And the easiest way for me to explain it is if you look at like a parent, like I said, you know, how, what, how would you go about helping your children become what they can become? You'll do whatever you can think of. Well, to me, that's how, how we live at Compete to Create and, and try to translate that and, and offer that to other people to understand that. 
So I'd like to take a moment to talk about Pete's company, Pete to Create, since we're talking about it. As a thank you to all of the frontline workers for COVID-19, Pete and his company, Compete to Create, are offering a free online course in high-performance mindset called Warrior's Edge. The unique curriculum tailored to the various military, government, and first responder branches will prepare personnel with mindset skills that will transform their lives both, both professionally and professionally. The course is an incredible inside look into Pete's philosophy, culture, and leadership that we're talking about right now, and also includes insights and teachings from his partner at Compete to Create, high-performance psychologist Dr. Michael Gervais, woohoo! also a friend of mine, and former F-19 fighter pilot Dr. Janelle McAuley. You can find it by going to their website at competetocreate.net backslash warrior's edge. That's competetocreate.net backslash warrior's edge. It will be available for free for anyone working with COVID-19 throughout the end of 2020. So that's a pretty good offer there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a time for us to all, we're all introspective right now. We have this special time with our families and staying home and all of that. And, uh, the, those that will visit the course, they'll see that it begins with self-discovery. It really starts very early there and, and takes you through the process of, uh, of uncovering some of the things that you just haven't recognized or realized about yourself as you move forward. And, and self-discovery process is so crucial, Scott. You know, in your own work, that that, that is what it's all about. You know, you, you, you meet the challenges uh, and, and, and meet the needs that you have. And as you step along your way, you eventually get to the point where you understand yourself better and more, more clearly, and you develop your authenticity, um, and, and, and you get stronger as you move and you become, you know, a true version of what you're capable of being. You're talking my language, brother. Talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, authenticity. out there because it's kind of a little bit of a forgotten art. And I'm, I'm really fired up and proud for you that you've been able to put it together in such a beautiful book and in transcendence and, and, uh, Oh. Hopefully, you're gonna the, the people that will read it will be will be uh, will be transformed. So thank awesome. you. That that really means a lot to me. So yeah, let's unpack authenticity for a second. What does authenticity look like in um in a sports context? What do you think like the healthiest form of authenticity looks like? Well, it's interesting. You know, you'd ask because uh, it's on many levels. You know, yeah. authenticity on many levels. No one is no one. You know, truly who you are. You can think of it as a person, an individual. Okay, a guy really knows himself really well. He's confident and all that, and he steps you know to his own beat and, and and all. But a team can also know who they are, and they can be in in that great sync with the capabilities and the makeup and, and the mentality that they all share and, and become really one mind. And, and that's it's truly what championship teams wind up uh, you know transitioning, transforming, or transcending to. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's that's what. In my coaching, that's what I'm after. I'm trying to help teams figure out really who they are, and then we just once we latch on to that, then it's our it's our challenge to to consistently represent that and, and demonstrate and illustrate that when we when we come to game time. So, um, to me, authenticity is knowing who you are, and then and then consistently, you know, being the person you know yourself to be. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's or being the team you know yourself to be, and uh, it's it's quite clear. I know it's a theme with your work, you know, your, your, your belief in the importance of self-belief is huge, right? Sure. So yeah. self-talk is enormous, you know, positive self-talk, supportive self-talk, that mechanism uh, for growing and learning and, and really being authentic is so huge because you can talk yourself out of anything or talk yourself into almost anything, you know? Yeah, it's true. So where there's a real discipline to, to, if you believe that, then there's a real discipline to, to the kind of self-talk that will support 
uh, who you are and what you're all about. So what's the difference between unbelievable self-belief and narcissism? Where do you draw the line? Well, you know, I don't understand narcissism that well. Um, you know, I don't, as a, you know, you know, as a, I don't really understand it that well, but I, I, I would say that uh, it's all about truth. It's really truth. Are you on, are, are you that which you say you are? Are, are, are you that which you, as you act? And, and I think, I would think that narcissism has to do with something that you wish you were and something that you would hope that, that people would see you as. And then you're, and that's what you, you live to that standard. And so the, the truth isn't there, you know? And so, um, maybe that's, that's, that's about as easy as I can say it. Well, that's I think you nailed it. You nailed it. That's, that's what hundreds of psychological research studies support is what you just said. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, that makes you, if that makes you feel any better. Well, you know, <laughs> you looked at, yeah. Cause narcissism really is about defending a image that you have of yourself that might not be true. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and defending it at all costs. It seems to me like growth requires the form of self-belief you're talking about, which is, and that sometimes that may mean being vulnerable, uh, dare I say, use such a word, or 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 opening yourself up to failure. You know what I mean? No, I, I would think our, our friend Brene Brown would say <laughs> it is about vulnerability. You right. know, it is all about, it's about being willing, you know, willing to put yourself out there, and uh, because you know it's the right thing to do, and that if you really believe in yourself and you really trust in yourself, then you you know that you're going to make it through it. You know, and, and uh, so that's, you know, that's great work. It takes great work for individuals to get to that point. Um, but that willingness to be vulnerable is, is where, like she said, you know, dare, dare to put yourself out there, dare to lead, you know. And yeah. That's, I think that's her first book, you know, and she was, she's the foremost authority there is, I think, on, on vulnerability. And she would say right off the bat that, that it's only, courage only comes through vulnerability. Yeah. She's been on the psychology podcast yeah. So you're, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just had a podcast the other day, uh, a couple days ago. So I love we, that podcast with you and uh, Steve Kerr, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's so much, it's so great. Um, so do you ever give pep talks to your players where you use the word vulnerability? Yeah, Brene's talked to our team. I mean, oh, she, wow. She's come in and visited with our club. And so, um, yeah, and, and we're, we're constantly trying to help our guys evolve to the point where they're okay about that. And as she told us, she reminded us the other day, you have to build an environment where it's okay. You know, if somebody says something like, you know, well, I, I was really scared to make that tackle or something like that. And everybody goes, Oh, and they wolf at you. And they get, well, you know, when's that guy going to say that again? You know, so you, you have to build, she was talking about building a container, I think of, in sense of an environment that will allow for people to be vulnerable and, and support people to be vulnerable and realize that, Hey, that was pretty cool that you did that. Cause we know that was hard. That was tough to say what you just said. And, and uh, so, you know, our whole process really, Scott, is it's, it's a one big session of trying to grow, you know, and, and, and take advantage and capture the teachable opportunities and, 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 and grow as much as we can. And that makes us better. It makes us better as people. It makes us better as a teammate and uh, certainly makes us a better club, too. Mm. You know, uh, when Brene and I were talking on the podcast, we talked about the link between vulnerability and creativity. and Creativity is interesting, and I'd love to get your own perspective on creativity because merely being an expert doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be creative and flexible out there on the field when you have to shift your expertise in a certain way. So I'm wondering how you try to cultivate creativity among your players as well. 
Okay. Well, first thought I had is that, that um, creativity comes from taking a chance. You got to take a risk. You got to, you know, because you're putting yourself out there. You know, say like you're painting a picture. You know, to paint a picture. Somebody, if somebody's going to look at it, you know, you're going to get, you know, observed and you're going to get critiqued and all that. And you got to, you know, it's maybe why artists have such a hard time, you know, because you put yourself out there so much, you know. Um, but w- how we develop and look for creativity to show up is through discipline. It's through the repetitions. It's through the, the practice that, that you um, just practice without critique won't get it done. But practice with getting coached, it will, it will help you. Meaning that as you get better through the repetitions and you, you start to develop skill, when, when it's, a coach shows you that you're getting better, a coach reminds you of you know, what you're capable of doing, and they constantly are challenging you to do more because they know they see it in you. And so they're, as it happens, what my biggest job is is to show us how good we are. I got to show our guys how good they are, and so that they can own that and feel worthy enough to trust themselves, and that's where confidence comes from. And so, uh, from it's from that accomplishment in your process where the creativity can start to speak. It's through the discipline of the art, you know. And, and I've used the example over the years, like if you teach somebody to play "Mary Had a Little Lamb" on the piano, you know, and they just dink their way through it, and you say, "Okay, come back in, in next week, but practice this every day for two hours." By the time they get back to you, a, a, a novice can start playing with it and they can show a little different rhythm and they can put a little slide on it. And they can they can you know, make it sound like it's stepped up and, and, and it's like they jazz it up because they've developed the skill that allows them the, the, the uninhibited creativity. That's where the freedom comes from, from the skill. So to me, the, the, the creativity comes through that process when you feel like you, you have a real sense for something and, and you believe in it now that you're ready to express it, that's when the greatest creativity occurs. So you see that as a major characteristic differentiating good athletes from great athletes? Oh, without question. It, and it comes from the successes and the confidence. It's not just the athleticism. That's not it. That you, to be like, like, I don't know if you're watching Last Dance that's on, uh, on ESPN. I love it. I love it because that's my childhood right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the incredible, incredible sequence that we're watching of them teaching us what it was like. But um, you see that. You, know, you, you see the greatness in, in Michael Jordan is, is his drive to, and passion to be unstoppable. Well, th- there's other people that are like that, too. But they don't have his gifts. Now, I, I know that, that Walton talked about him not having this or that. Well, Michael's pretty freaking talented. <laughs> he could jump. He could leap. He could yeah, hang. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, he was quick. He was explosive. I mean, he was all those things. And now you add that passion to him. Now you see, that's like Kobe. You see the greatest of all time. You know, you, and you see, it's really interesting that it's so clear to watch it in, in basketball, in that sport in particular. There's such freedom there in, in that in that game and, and all that. You can see the extraordinary, unique, you know, uh, special quality those guys have. Yeah, let's unpack that for a second because you talk about vision and you differentiate that sometimes from a personal philosophy. I was wondering if you could talk about the difference between those two and then I, I want to get back to Kobe in a second. Yeah. Uh, well, philosophy is, is like, the, it's the collection of your beliefs to me. You know, okay. all the things that you believe in and you put it together and you add them up and then you kind of see that maybe there's a common theme in there somewhere. There's, you know, some some commonality that you can you can state that this represents, you know, what I believe, um, you know, always compete. 
Because there's, I can't make it. This as simple as I can make it. I mean, it's it's not a very involved philosophy, <laughs> but it's <laughs> compete <pretty>. forever. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's just you know. So, um, but that yeah. that's so philosophy to me is a collection of beliefs. And uh, and what, what else did you ask about? You asked about a uh, vision. Philosophy. How is that different from oh, yeah, vision? Yeah, yeah, vision? Well, yeah, vision is, is kind of. Uh, that's that's what what you're shooting for, you know. That that's what you think you can become, and it it is what gives you purpose. You know, yeah. the vision the vision to to be something or somewhere or to create something is what gives you the purpose. You know, without purpose, you you know you're gonna you're flapping in the wind. So philosophy is kind of how you uh, you know how you what you believe in, and then vision is 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 a way of, of stating what your purpose is. You know, yeah. what you're, how, how you're going to carry that philosophy. So, like, I can carry the philosophy I have, I think, to a football team, but I could, I think I could, I could work in a school or I could work in a, in an office building, you know, yeah. with that philosophy. But I choose to do it in football. That's my vision. My vision is to, as a football coach, you know, and, and to help, help people be good football teams. And so, um, so to me, it's, I think the vision, to me, I don't think it's right at all. I have no clue. But vi- vision is about purpose, you know, it connects to purpose. Yeah, so the vision, it's interesting because you see in these in individuals like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you do see these very early, you see the seeds of it very, very early, that kind of vision. I always, I'm fascinated because I also, I studied in my career prodigies, those who by the age of 10 have a fully formed thing, and but they knew, they made a, such a, a connection, like Yo-Yo Ma made a connection to cello when he was very, very young. He said, this is me. Howard, Gardner's call, Howard Gardner calls it the crystallizing experience. And I actually I went to middle school and high school with Kobe Bryant and and I noticed even in middle school he was in 8th grade when I was in 6th grade but we would watch him play in we're talking about an 8th grader but yeah. he played I can I could like imagine it remember it in my head he'd play as though he was Michael Jordan but not like all of us played like we were you know like we want to be yeah. like Mike he played yeah. like with this intensity that was like in his head he was already Michael Jordan you know and it was clear that so the seed was just so there and I I'm fascinated by all of the genetic environmental factor all the factors that combine but you do tend to see with this kind of level of greatness you do just tend to see very very early um, some vision is kind of already planted in them it's it's fascinating to me to watch yeah, the, 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 he had an early connection with greatness, you know, and he was already on it. He, that's why he worked so hard. How, how would he ever find that work ethic? Four years after he was an eighth grader, he was in the NBA. I know, know? that's you right. Four years later, you know, <laughs> what, what were you doing when you left high school, you know? Did you imagine playing against, you know, the great players that are playing? So, know, uh, but, but he, he could. He, yeah. he couldn't see anything but that. Yeah. And, and I see that in, in, uh, in Russell Wilson, you know, on our team. And he, he, he just has this vision for greatness. And then, He's been on course to be great as far back as he can remember, you know, inspired by his father and his mother and, and the family. And the, but it was more than that. I mean, he, you know, he, he didn't have all of those same attributes that, that Kobe had. Now, Kobe didn't either when he was an eighth grader, but yeah. he certainly had the connection with, with greatness. And, and uh, we don't see it. We don't see it often enough. You know, it, it's, it's a, I wish I wish it would show up more. It's so mm-hmm. obvious on sports because it's on TV and you can watch it, you know, but. I'm sure that there's, you know, greatness in, in moms and dads and architects and doctors and, you know, and teachers and all that too. And, and we just don't get to see it enough, but it's there. I love that. And I completely agree. It's all around us. And we, we often miss it because we're looking at the wrong metrics like we do in school. 
So you have this quote, you said, without purpose and meaning, there won't be winning. Well, that's a really unique take on things. I can't imagine every coach thinks that way. So why do you think purpose and meaning can increase your chances of, of winning in sports? You, you have to, you have to have direction, you know, you have to, you have to be driven. And, and uh, so it, it, you need to be purpose gives you clarity and then, and then it's got to really mean something to you, you know? And, and uh, that's why, you know, I talk about passion right off the bat, you know, we have our friend Angela uh, Duckworth and she, she helped me with, with, uh, our, with verbiage and terminology. And she, she gave me a real leap forward um, by using, you know, passion and perseverance, resilience. So those, those, those are, those need to be necessary. I mean, they're necessary for you to do great things, you know, and, and, uh, and if you, if you don't have purpose and you don't know where to put your, this unique greatness, whatever you have, you don't have, you need somewhere to put it, you know, and we see people that wander through their lives and they don't, they don't get connected. And it's, it's a terrible, you know, miscue for, to miss out on, on purpose when you have that drive that you just can't quite get it focused. You know, it's what we do as coaches. We try to help guys channel, you know, this, what they bring to the game. And, and uh, I think you do it in people working in, in, in the office buildings too. It's one of the things I think that then C to C, I come back to that one is that we're hoping to teach people in the business setting that if you, if you'll champion the people in your, in your organization and figure out who they are and learn what they're all about and, and, and care so much that you bring out who they are and make it okay for them to be them, they're going to perform better for you. And your company is going to be way better. I mean, it's going to be way better than somebody that's sitting there and afraid to say who they are or what they're all about. And, and so that it's, it's all that thinking, Scott, that, you know, that ties us together, that it connects you and I also with your background and your, your purpose and, you know, mine and my purpose. And, and uh, uh, we're on it, you know, we're on to something really special, I think. Absolutely. And speaking of our common thread, how has humanistic psychology influenced your own personal philosophy? People like Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow, have they influenced you? Yeah, yeah. I, I got connected <laughs> way back in the day, you know. I know there's not many of us left. <laughs> you know, humanistic psychology is like almost prehistoric. But uh, <laughs> what it made sense to me back when I was in graduate school, you know, back at the University of Pacific, and, and a couple instructors were – we're just kind of figuring it out and just kind of uncovering it. We were reading, you know, stuff and towards the psychology of being was, was one of the books that, that was at the foundation from Abraham Maslow, you know, and, and uh, I think Carl Rogers had on becoming or something like that was his, I think on I, becoming a person. Yeah. 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 And those, those concepts, for whatever reason, Scott, they made sense to me in that I did my thesis, my, my, my graduate thesis on compare connecting um, the highest achieving athletes in sports with their, as they measured up towards self-actualization on a, on an inventory that I found, you know? And so I was trying to compare the level of self-actualization with, with their level of um, achievement in sport, you know, it made, I, it was the worst study of all time. He <laughs> says no significant difference anywhere in anything, but it showed you what how, the connection had already been made for me, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, you know, I couldn't help it. It just, it just did. And I've been kind of in pursuit of making sense of that for a long time. There's a that's, couple of us out there, Scott. <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty badass. <laughs> I have to say that. Where's Abe when we need him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, do you think he'd be a Seahawks fan or an Eagles fan? <laughs> I say that because I'm uh, from he, Philly. 
<laughs> yeah, he'd be a freaking Seahawks fan. I don't want him over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let that go. <laughs> um, okay, you say every day should be a kind of Super Bowl. Uh, well, I love that. Uh, but can you elaborate a little bit on that? What that means? Well, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if that was an original thought as much as a, you know it was learned thought. And one of my early mentors, you know, John Wooden, you know, make every day a masterpiece. Um, why would you not? Why would you not go out and just create the best day you can possibly create? I don't know what, what are you thinking if you don't go for it? You know? And so, so, uh, that's basically where it comes from. It's, it's, you know, the pretty optimistic, pretty positive way of looking at things, but why wouldn't you make each day a great day? And, and it's to me, the, the, the main point of that is it's a choice. You know, we, we make choices on how we decide to live our lives and, and, we're the only ones that really control that. We can feel like we're controlled by everybody else, but we're the ones, you know. And so that's why I always come back to, you know, we have the power to choose as we want to live this thing. And, and then we're up against it. We got to fight our way through it until we get, you know, get where we need to go. And, and uh, it ain't easy. It's hard, you know, and that's why you got to keep coming back. And that's why it's so important to have a mentality that allows you to, because otherwise you kind of, well, you know, this is what it is. And I'm, I got nowhere to go, you know, and that, I understand that, and I understand why where people get there. And, and but if they're on my team, I'm coaching them up, trying to get out of that. You know. <laughs> well, uh, I want to be on your team. You're very uplifting. We're on the same team. What are you talking I about, know. man? We're on the same team. Then I should say I'm glad that I'm on your team because me, me too. I'm glad I'm on your team. I'm going to write a book called Transcendence, man. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you. Uh, well. It's called transcend. <laughs> oh, good, good. There you go. There but, you go. But no, I. You're very uplifting, and you know, every time I talk to you, I leave wanting to win a Super Bowl in whatever that looks like in my own personal life. No, no, we don't want to win the Super. We don't want to win the Super Bowl necessarily. We want to be the best we can be, Scott. Okay. Come on. Be the best. Down. Be the best we can be. That, that's Super Bowl. Those championships, they come. They come. They come to you. You know, when you when you're right, they, they emerge, right? right? When it happens, it happens. You know, Wait, you it's it. kind of like transcendence. It it emerges. It's not the no, goal. I'll transcend. Well, you're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> transcendence is is a word, though. I hear you. <laughs> I love. We're like jostling in this this podcast. I love it. It's important, yeah. yeah. Battling. You either compete or you're not. <laughs> I love it. Well, but we're also having fun. In what extent is fun an important value of yours on the on the field? Yeah, it is. If we're not having fun, I'm screwing up. You know, I mean, we're playing the game we get to play, man, it's, it's a blast and it's, it's hard, you know, at times and all that, but hard doesn't mean it's not fun, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, I always want to stay connected to it as best we can, you know, and, and, uh, I want to make the, the experience that, that people have when they're with us memorable and, and, and enjoyable. And I want them to laugh and I want them to have a good time with it. And I want them to, you know, find the joy in it and because it's hard, you know? And so I think the combination and the mixture of the great challenge and, and and the frivolity and the fun of that comes with it and the achievement that, that is also part of fun is um, goes hand in hand, you know. And so if, if we're not having fun, I'm screwing up. So in my life, what would it mean for me to be winning as a psychologist? Totally. It would be, I mean, emphatically, it would be you being the best psychologist you can be. That's all. That's all. That's all it is. That's all we can ever aspire to. If we aspire to things other than the, that, kind, you're you're making yourself crazy. You know, I mean, you, you, we can't control what's outside of us. What we can only control that which is right there, right in front of us, right now. That's that's about being mindful. That's about being in the moment. That's about being right now, present. And that's that's what this is all about. And and if you try to be something else, it just frustrates you more, and you won't 
you won't uh, perform as well. You won't perform, just perform Scott just the way you can as in, in that psychology hat that you put on. And, and that's kick ass. That's, that, that's, that is the winning. The winning isn't, I made somebody healthy and I changed their life. That's, that's just the things that happen along the way. What you're trying to do, because that's outside of you. Well, you just be a great you, you know, and, and make sure you're, you know what that is. You got to figure out what that is, you know? And so, uh, if you can do that and then you can consistently keep finding your way back to it, no matter what happens, you keep coming back to being you. Well, then, then you're on it. Then you, then you're doing great. And that's a, you know, the guys I love is you see the old guy sitting on the park bench, you know, he's got the crumpled hat and the old jacket on or something like that. And, you know, he's kind of just sitting there and you think, oh, that poor guy, you know, and, and he wouldn't change that hat for anything in the world. Yeah. He wouldn't change the coat. He'd go to that same park bench and sit where he sits because he knows exactly what's important to him. He knows exactly what, you know, that's it, you know, and, and there, there's great peace and great harmony in, in for that, you know, for people in that. And you know, they, they've, they've found out <laughs> what's important to them, you know. Oh, I love I love that so much. You have no idea how much I love that, or maybe you do have an idea, but <laughs> it's a, it's wonderful. Um, do you could you give a little bit of a pep talk, even if it's a couple sentences, to people right now who, because of COVID, feel like they're having a hard time being their best selves because they have so much fear? Yeah, I you know I, we're all in this thing and, and we're all trying to figure it out. I, I don't have answers. I wish I did, but I do know I do know we've got to keep battling. You know, we've got to keep pushing. And uh, as long as we, we're pushing to make this day a good day and we'll figure out, okay, get prepared for that next week. Here we go that next day and just put one day together, one day at a time, uh, and, and make it as good a day as you can. And generally, that will come from helping somebody else. Generally, that's from giving to somebody else. It kind of, it's interesting to me, that question would be answered, be a great teammate. You know, being a great teammate is serving others and, and, and putting the, the people around you first. Um, no matter how hard it is, I think we can always find somebody that we can help. And if we're helping, we're, we're, we're making good. And, and if we're making good, it's a good day. And let's go to the next one, you know. And so um, it, when it's darkest, and it, there's always somebody that's having a harder time than you are. And if we could find them, help them, uplift, you know, feed them, hug them, whatever it is, um, I, I think that's that's kind of what we're up to right now. We It's it's looking out after the ones around us that need our help. And that, that's the best way to keep us motivated and keep us really uh, actively doing good stuff. Here, here. So I know that you like thinking in five-year increments. So I have a question for you relating to that. What's your vision of humans in five years if they practice the psychological skills that you teach your athletes? Oh, man. Um, Easy I, question. I think, I think we're, on, we're on course to finding a new empathy. You know, I've tried to write about that before to try to make sense of it. But I, I think we're on the verge of, of uh, we've seen so much crap going on around us and so much uh, dishonesty and stuff, you know, that are, around us that um, I, I think we're going we're to come through this. And I think people are sensing it already by being around their family so much and being home so much is that there's, there is great uh, a space for new empathy and understanding of others and caring for others. And I, I hope. I mean, whether that's going to happen, or not, I don't know, but that's what I hope happens. And I hope we, we discover the, how valuable that will be in our own personal lives if we can see the, the world that way. 
Beautiful. I usually like to end my interviews with picking one of my favorite quotes from the guest I have on. So here's a quote. But, I, but there aren't any. There aren't any with me, so we we can't. We'll not end it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a little too many. <laughs> it took me like a while to figure out which is the no, one, the no one way. I'm going to end with. So I, I'd like to end with this one: strong, trusting relationships among people who are striving to be the best versions of themselves create something powerful. I want to thank you for creating something powerful, not only with your team and your company, but with the world at large and, and even people, you know, people like me, you know, I, I do my psychology with this mentality that you espouse and you uplift me and inspire me. And I just want to thank you so much for the chat today. Well, I appreciate that, Scott. You, you uplift me too. I, I'm so proud that you've done the work that you've done so far. There's not many people see it. And, and I hope that, that Transcend really comes out huge for you and, and people will understand that there's great depth here. Nice going, man. Congrats. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Psychology Podcast. If you'd like to react in some way to something you heard, I encourage you to join in the discussion at thepsychologypodcast.com. That's thepsychologypodcast.com. Also, please add a rating and review of the podcast on iTunes and subscribe to the Psychology Podcast YouTube channel as we're really trying to increase our viewership on YouTube. In fact, many of these episodes are in video format on YouTube, so you'll definitely want to check out that channel. Thanks for being such a great supporter of the podcast and tune in next time for more on the mind, brain, behavior, and creativity. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.